Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show once again is Mr. Scott Wool with Fitness 1440 in a handful of locations pretty well spread out throughout the U.S. Scott, what's going on, sir? How are we today? Joe, good to hear your voice, man. It's a pleasure. I am I'm excited to, to pick your brain on this and, and exchange some, some theory and best practice when it comes to these clubs. You are a returning interviewee to this process, and so for the people who didn't catch the interview the first time around or for the people who aren't even familiar with Fitness 1440 to this point, paint us a little bit of background and context into what it is that we're here to talk about. Fitness 1440, in your own words. Oh, in my own words. So we started the company, gosh, it's been 11, maybe 12 years now, and it, it was genuinely benevolent in its in its origination. We, I love wearing shorts and a t-shirt to work every day. That's it. And And I like the thought that I get to make a positive impact in people's lives what I realized is there's so many other people who have that as a dream, but they're not trust fund babies. They're not, you know, holdings companies. They're you know, normal people like, like I am and like you are. And trying to find a way to get them into this, you know, it, it can be financially really overwhelming if you first look at this. And so we tried to strip away some of the costs or um, make it more beneficial in terms of operations. And uh, 1440 was based on that. It was just how do we get the average person into this dream? That was that was really it. Yeah. And so uh, a decade plus later, it's grown. The dream is a little bit bigger than what originally we intended out to be. Talk to us from a high level, first and foremost. You've been doing this for quite some time now. What's been your favorite part? about the role that you're in and what's been the most challenging part? Well, I'm in a very unique role in that I'm a franchisor um, as, as part of the, the corporation, but the truth is very little of what I do, very little of my day goes to that. Um, I'm also a franchisee, I own several of our clubs. And that's the part that I enjoy. I still love showing up at the gym, no matter which one it is, and talking to the members and learning and listening. You know, what is it that impacted them today? What made them smile? What motivated them to get to the gym? I love hearing all those stories. And um, honestly, it's it's from those discussions that we realize the trends in the industry. So none of that time is wasted. Yeah, and I, I think early on in my career, I didn't realize how beneficial it was. To me, it probably was wasted time, but I was gonna humor them anyways. Now I see it as extremely beneficial. Yeah. Flip that around for us, Scott. I'm sure that in, in the time that you've been doing this, there's there's growth and there are fun aspects of being in this business and there are some bumps in the road and, and not everything is sunshine and rainbows. And so in the position that you're in, what's been your, your toughest task to date? For me, I, I don't want to say it was ego, but it was probably ego. It was not having a willingness to accept that I'm not good at everything. You know, um, I had to step back and accept there are things I suck at. So I, I'm good with numbers. I'm very good with numbers, but I realize I suck at accounting. 
Mm. So I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't yeah. do any more of that. And that's a dangerous thing to not be good at. Boy, yeah. And, uh, you know, hard lessons learned. And at the end of the day, I realized that bringing on people who fulfill those weaknesses and giving you the chance to triple down on your strengths is a far better direction to go than trying to put too much time and effort into fixing all the weaknesses. Yeah. I find that not even just specifically in gym ownership, but in business ownership in general, is it important for the person at the helm to have at least a workable knowledge of the different tasks within the business? Yes. So that we can have some judge whether or not it's working or not. But if we are the best marketer and we're the best salesperson and we're the best accountant and we're X, Y, and Z, we're going to really quickly be in trouble and we're going to be working a whole lot more than we would probably like to. And so for you, the, the perspective of delegation over time to people that have those skill sets and specialize in these things, it sounds like a lot of that was what drove the organization 15 fitness 1440 further ahead right if you're the bottleneck we can only go as far as scott's calendar allows us to right yeah i think so i think we just need to really accept what we're good at what we're not good at i see the world from thirty thousand feet that that's where i excel i suck at the details so you know, you How long did it take you to realize that, though? Realizing and accepting are two different things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I probably point. realized that really early, but I didn't want to accept it. I thought I could, I thought I could fix it. I thought I could mm -hmm. solve that problem. When really, it was far more efficient to bring on somebody else who was good at that. You yep. save a lot of time, a lot of frustration, um, and, and really, at the end of the day, this way, I'm able to go and do what I'm good at, what I enjoy doing. Yeah. Let me shift gears a little bit here because you, you alluded to company growth and individual club growth somewhere along the way. And a lot of people tune into this show strictly for new or different ideas of just how to get some people into their businesses. So in the unique role that you're in, both franchisor and franchisee, what have you seen to be successful from a marketing standpoint with these clubs? And what would you maybe not recommend people invest their time or their dollars in? Well, first, I think uh, the biggest lesson for me was nothing static. You could be really, really good at something in marketing um, three, four years ago that is not going to bring you anything now. You know, you look at Facebook a few years ago was where all the money went, you know, but that's changed now. It's not so much in social. The turnaround, um, the, the ROI on social has diminished considerably. Now the greatest ROI is going into Google and paying for the Google ads and, and awareness that way. Um, and before Facebook, it was print uh, or it was text. You, know, you just have to be willing to um, understand that things are gonna change. They're not static. And so over the years, it sounds like this has evolved for you. Whereas, and anybody that's been a gym owner for any length of time here knows, the, the Wild West glory days of Facebook marketing and getting leads for sub $5 and, and the ROI being 20 to 1, it was glorious at that time, but things are not that way. It's a little bit more diluted now. Mm -hmm. Lead cost is up. ROI goes down because of it. It is what it is. You've shifted strategy more towards Google. Is that correct? 
Well, that's where where things are going right now. You know, just a general statement. Okay. With that being considered, how do you think that's going to evolve even as things move forward in time? You say that it's it's slowly transitioning from a high level at least. With your crystal ball and, and your wizard hat here, Scott, what do you think the future of marketing in fitness is going to look like? Well, I think we need to step back a little further first and just look at the evolution of the business and, and the industry. Uh, I've been in for 27 years now. This is my 27th year of this. And when I got started, um, there was whatever it was, maybe X, X number of gyms, maybe 10,000 health clubs out there. In a matter of 15 years, that quadrupled to 40,000 plus. But the number of participants, participating members, did not uh, see that same dramatic increase. And so market share diminished considerably, okay? And at first, when I got started, there was the Bally's model. Sell as many memberships as you can and pray to God that they don't show up because we can't handle them all, right? But then 15 years later, market share has diminished so much that we can't do that. We need people to see results. We need people to come to the gym. We don't want them to stay away. We need them to show up. And so just that alone, that mindset changed and marketing changed as a result of it. It very much became about results and helping people to see that this was uh, something that they needed to follow. Um, now here we are a few more years later and it's, uh, I, I think from COVID on these last two years, we've seen three significant changes in the industry. The first is uh, far more men, far more males are coming to the club now than before. It used to be very, very 50-50 split. And now it's more like 65-35 men to women, um, which is a dramatic shift. And then um, the age of, of our member base, it was for the longest time the most defined bell curve, uh, where 35 to 54 was the biggest age group. And then as you either got younger or older, that would diminish. The number of participants would diminish. Um, now, uh, 25 and under is the largest demographic, and it is a straight line down. The older you get, the fewer of them there are. And so just understanding that changes the way that we market. Yeah. And the way that, you know, all these things go into it. So uh, I think you need to understand the industry before you even dive into um, what are the best ways to market. Yeah. And so with a demographic change comes a platform and a strategy change. Absolutely. On board there. How has, or let me ask, how will the, the sales process evolve because of that? I think our industry, historically at least, has very archaic practices. If we're selling to a different demographic, what needs to change to keep up with them? best practice. I think it's great. I think um, these days, people, particularly younger, they don't want conversation. They don't want interaction. Um, I was at, in November, I was at a conference and I was blown away to find out that a lot of gyms, 80% of their gym memberships now are being sold online. People just know. Yeah. Without yeah, any conversation. conversation. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that was kind of interesting. You know, it's little things like that. Also understanding what to say and when to say it. Um, I said there were three changes that we've seen. The third is uh, cardio is hardly used now. It's all about strength and hitting. The cardio section of gyms, most of them could be- Collecting dust. Yeah. yeah. So that goes into the marketing and the conversation and just the discussion about what are you trying to accomplish and this is how I can help you. 
beyond that, Scott, I mean, I want to I want to kind of bring it back to that 30,000 foot view because growing one individual club and what needs to happen to grow multiple clubs like this are different theoretically and practically from your seat what do you guys focus on as things move forward is it baseline increase on membership is it things like personal training or group training or whatever other add-ons is it something that we haven't even talked about yet where where is the ship going yeah i think um depends which ship you're on you know if you're uh, a small boutique club you know um that's it's going to be a different direction than uh, a club like mine which offers a lot of different things that boutique absolutely specializes in that one thing. They're really, really good at that one thing, better than I'm ever gonna be at that one thing. You know, um, but there's a different way to sell that. Um, I study human nature and decision-making a lot. And in that, what I found is people are willing to stick to something for about five months. And after that, they're looking for the next challenge, you know, mm -hmm. something else. Uh, so the boutiques, that's an inherent challenge to them is it's, you're constantly cycling through some people. Churn and burn. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a club more like mine, the truth is uh, detrimentally, we're not going to be as good at, at maybe that one thing that the boutique does. But if somebody gets tired of a mind and body experience and they want to train for a triathlon, they can do that. Or if they want to uh, do a bikini show, they could do that. Or if now they just want to take kickboxing, they can do that. It, I think it really goes back to first and foremost, what is it that you are? You know, what is your club? And from there, you can develop something. Completely understood. Now, zoom out even more from that and, and yep. specific to. Now, let me ask the question this way, because this will be more fun. Fitness 1440 as a brand. Mm -hmm. What is the growth strategy from the franchisor standpoint? And then in your perspective, Fitness 1440 from the franchisee side what is the long game where does yeah. the future hold oh that's such a great question um i think from the franchisor side we have really tried to evolve over the last few years as the industry has evolved considerably over the last few years um i i you know when i first got started cybex machines or, or nautilus machines or what you, know, you went through the circuit it hit your whole body it, it was great but then we realized, you know what? Our bodies were made to move. So we evolved to movement-based training, functional training, that sort of thing. And then uh, now hit style training is you know, offshoot of that. Um, but now where we are and where people's minds are going is toward the wellness side. So rest and recovery. How do we get better at going back and hitting it hard tomorrow? Well, we need to recover. So ice baths or saunas or compression therapy or having a physical therapist on staff, there's a million things you can do in that realm too, but wellness is really a direction that we're trying to go from the bigger picture. Yep. Yeah, and then from the franchisee side, to fully answer that question, sure. uh, it's acceptance of that within our budgets. You know, it, uh, it's one, one thing to have these grandiose plans, it's another thing to fit it into the budget. So yeah, yeah then, um, then you have to prioritize and, and figure it out. That one gets a little bit more complicated. Yeah, and this is the constant push and pull in the franchise or franchisee model is 
it's one thing to to design these plans from an office removed from the training floor somewhere but then on the end of this and it's cool because you have one oh. foot in both worlds yeah but there's somebody on the end of this that needs to write the check and invest in these things assuming that it's going to pan out and provide an roi that's worthwhile and we kind of just have to trust the process it can be a, a leap of faith if you will yeah very much can uh it's it's one thing to be told what to do it's another thing to be told why and yes. that's the role of the franchisor is to explain why is this beneficial to you and why you should figure out that this should be in your budget yep well like anything else there are good franchisors and there are not so good franchisors so hopefully you guys are one of the former there <laughs> As you look forward, Scott, with, with the perspective that you have, this is more industry-based question, and we've kind of philosophized on a lot of how the industry has gotten to where it is. What do you think could be some potential hiccups or, or potential hurdles to overcome, not just for Fitness 1440, but for the fitness business owner in general? in the next handful of years you know that's a that's a heck of a question and my immediate thought is up until the last few years we thought we were buffered we thought we were safe you know if there was a turn in the market turn in finances we we're still buffered because people knew the value of health and wellness and it would stabilize them through their own personal challenges but then COVID came and for the first all of that time, loyalty that we thought we built boy, up all of a sudden it went backwards we realized we're not safe we're not um cushioned from everything um and, and so now we are starting to look at things a little bit differently what are the decisions we need to make now or what are the perspectives we need to have um there's a lot in terms of npr uh, using medallia as an example listening to the customer you know, giving them a voice. You know, that's why I said early on that it's not wasted time to just sit out and, and and talk to the members or even schedule daily workouts with different members. Listen to them because that's the only way you're really going to be able to give them what they need. And mm -hmm. if you don't do that, you're not protecting yourself. Yeah, that, that feedback loop is Goodness. important from yeah. the space that you're in. And the tighter we can keep it, the more agile we can be as an organization. Yeah. But which is not by any means to suggest that um, everybody's gonna get what they ask for. But understanding uh, collectively the direction of a member base, really beneficial. Yep. The, the constant balancing act of entrepreneurship, at least. Yeah, it is. If you do it right, you win. But if you close the doors and you stop listening, you're going to lose. Well, we see that post-COVID. There were a few that, that lost throughout that time. Scott, we are running a bit shy on time here, but I want to take a second to, to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn more about Fitness 1440. What's the best website or what are the social media links? How can people learn about this organization? Oh, that's great. Um, if you go to fitness1440.com, www.fitness1440.140.com, um, that is our, our corporate webpage. And from there, you can look at locations and see if there's one close to you. 
Uh, and then each club has its own Facebook page, its own uh, Instagram page. And then some have more than that. Some have their own YouTube channels and that sort of thing too. Plenty of ways to find out more. People connect with Scott and the Fitness 1440 team on those platforms that he mentioned. Scott, this has been fun, man. I always enjoy getting to, to talk shop with somebody in the position that you're in, somebody that has boots on the ground perspective as well as uh, a little bit more, as you described, 30,000 foot view. So I am, I'm excited to see the future of the business. I'm excited to see the future of your clubs specifically. I appreciate your time, my man, and I, I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Oh, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much for the, the opportunity to come and chat with you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lens Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is the one and only Tyler Prier with Real Personal Training out of Ottawa, Canada. Tyler, how are we doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to be on here, Adam, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what this is all about and talking about my experiences and uh, seeing how to relates to a lot of people in the gym industry and fitness industry and uh, like-minded individuals. Absolutely. And they'll appreciate that as well. Um, so what I'll do now is I'll open up to you. Go ahead and just kind of give a little background on yourself, what you've done, and ultimately how you got into this real personal training. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my story is like a lot of people, uh, played sports my whole life, um, mostly hockey and lacrosse. Uh, played junior for hockey, junior in lacrosse, but I ended up dropping lacrosse because hockey was my focus and my passion, and it's uh, a career I wanted to pursue. Um, my goal was to go to NCAA for a scholarship. Um, had some bites, had some bites to the OHL, but um, in a nutshell, I had a lot of concussions, and uh, in my first year junior, I suffered a really bad one um, that I struggled with for about three years on and off the ice. Um, and then the final nail in the coffin as per se would be a separated shoulder in my last season in the playoffs which was um yeah the final straw and during that time I suffered from uh, anxiety depression that was from the concussions but I had a little bit of that earlier on in uh, my teenage years but uh, around grade nine so when I was about 14 15 years old um, I got a sports conditioning trainer back in my hometown of Cornwall Ontario um, and I absolutely love the training for obviously performance, but also for mental health, um, it helped with my anxiety, helped with some depression. And that's what's carried me through, uh, injuries, of course, but also just through maturing and being a teenager and where I am today. So based on what I experienced growing up, I, um, went to Ottawa U 
Ottawa University took human kinetics, which is also kinesiology. They just call it a different program. Um, became certified personal trainer in year three. Um, after my fourth year, I worked for a year. I traveled. Um, I was doing about 24 to 25 half-hour PT sessions per day at an existing um, gym studio in Ottawa. And then I was at the point where it's like, okay, well, what's next? Um, what am I going to do here? So I went business route. I opened up real personal training in October of 2016. Um, so it's just been over six years. And our emphasis is um, exercise as a tool for mental and physical health and how that tool could be adjusted to support each individual person's lifestyle because um, everyone responds different to exercise. Everyone has different time constraints, different stresses, um, and of course, just different needs. So we try to cater specifically to that. Excellent, man. Love that. So we have the current facility. I know we were talking prior, prior to this, but you know, what's, you know, how big is your current facility? How many members do you have? Yeah, clients? we're, 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 we're very small. Um, right now I would say we're operating around 800 square feet. We have one studio, um, that's designated for just trainer and client. We also offer shared sessions. So about 85% of our business is 30 minute one-on-one -on -one sessions. People love it because it's easy to fit into their schedule. Um, on average, our clients come in two to three times per week. We have on the upper end people who come five to six times per week. And on the low end, we would be obviously one a week, but some people are bi-weekly or monthly, depending on where they live, depending on financial uh, status, et cetera. Um, right now, we're operating at about 120, 130 PT sessions per week. Um, we do have some athletes in here, so we're training some uh, snowboard cross people uh, and hockey. That's more the, the world I came from back here in around the Ottawa area. So um, we're looking to expand into performance training. Uh, we're looking actually at a growth phase this year of a new location or a second location. Um, so operating maybe around uh, 1,100 to 1,200 square feet just for studios. Um, that doesn't include a warm-up area, offices, virtual training space, et cetera. Nice. Bigger, better, more people, more success stories. Hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, cool. We touched on, you know, a few things. So the, the majority of your services would be one-on-one -on -one training sessions. And then... Yeah. Is there any like semi-private, you mentioned there was some shared space there. Is there semi-private, any like fall, uh, small group training? Yeah, we've discussed that, um, but we want to be loyal to our brand, which is definitely personalization. Um, so we offer one-on-one, -on -one, um, same with performance sessions. We offer one-on-one -on -one for athletes, but in a perfect world, it would be shared for athletes. So the competition is a little bit higher. You feed off each other during a session. That seemed to work well with some of the sessions we've had in the past. Um, and then we're expanding into the virtual training. So same idea, just obviously through Zoom, 30-minute sessions. Um, we try to keep our athletes in-house just because they need, obviously, access to more equipment. And then uh, online programs. Um, so it's more of a, a hook for people who may do like an intro package with us and say they can't commit to a package ongoing, maybe due to financial reasons. So then we're able to offer them a program to do at a gym um, where they get a membership and, and they can go from there or people who are just out and about and are looking for someone to design them a program because they're tired of what they're doing or 
uh, they're hit a plateau or they just want to switch it up. So um, trying to add about four services under our one roof right now with our bread and butter being personal training sessions, but the virtual and the online programs um, actually came from the lockdown, came from the pandemic and COVID. So um, we're able to keep that uh, service going. Yeah, I think everybody transitioned to the online virtual when COVID hit. Just It was a no-brainer for a lot of people to be able to stay open and actually operate and function. Yeah. Cool, man. So obviously looking to expand uh, to some performance training and then, you know, potentially a bigger studio in the upcoming future. And then sounds like, you know, just right now trying to maximize everything that you can do inside the one facility. So that way you're ready to, to jump into the big one. Yeah, we're trying to maximize our capacity at the current location with uh, right now we're three trainers with uh, a part time admin doing like, key performance indicators and stuff for us. Um, but if we're able to maximize what we have now and build somewhat of a, a waiting list or a following for when we do want to say double our business, um, I think that's a, a good way forward. And since we are established six years now going into a new facility, um, it makes it a bit more of a, a safe jump as opposed to just we're starting from scratch and we're jumping into some big overhead costs. Um, so having a bit of that uh, baseline and foundation is is definitely helpful of making that jump, which can be scary, but uh, I'm going through the whole planning process and strategic planning, which um, there's always something to add in there or something to update. So it's it's been interesting. It's been a ride, but enjoying it. And all learning process, because then, you know, you scale once, you can scale again and do different things differently. And, you know, the, the list goes on. Yeah. Um, so right now, obviously, you know, been around for six years. Um, you have some some loyal clients and probably a lot of word of mouth referrals, things like that. Where is the majority of your leads coming in from at this current time? Yeah, great question. Um, we've been very fortunate not to have to spend too much money on marketing just based on how much space we have. We're not a high turn turnover studio. So uh, we always say if we, we get two consultations per week, we're in good shape based on our schedule being pretty full already. Um, but what's worked best for us in terms of marketing and leads other than referrals is Google ads, um, especially in Ottawa. Uh, and I'm sure for most cities or locations, people search to see what's nearby. Um, we try to make sure we're at the top of that ranking right on Google. Um, keywords for us like personalization, focused, private, um, that seems to be turning up our results from um, organic searches or people looking for personal trainers in the area. Excellent. And then you said, you know, if you get two consultations um, per week, that's usually pretty good. Yeah, it's usually pretty good for where we're set up now. Um, in a perfect world that moving forward, if we had 10 consultations or 10, as we call intro session signups, that would be great for us. Um, and our, our turnover rate from consultations to intro package is actually really good. Um, but obviously the deciding factor is after the intro package, since it's a discounted rate to signing up to a long-term program or weekly payments, um, I'd still say our, our turnover is quite good, probably around a 70, 75% mark. Um, and again, just based on it, it's private. We're not going big or guerrilla style. It's, it's uh, personalized for each individual, which people like in our demographic. Um, and that's 40 to 65 plus year olds um, outside of the athlete and performance training. 
Yeah. And then obviously, um, you know, what, what would you say you said it's, you have yourself and then two other trainers. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. You know, obviously trying to fill up the capacity and everything, you know, where would you say currently, you know, 50%, 70, 80% capacity, you know, where would you, you know, ballpark, you know, what you have now and then where you can grow? Yeah, right now, um, I think we're actually looking for five new clients at an average of two times per week, meaning 10 sessions, 10 spots available on our schedule. Um, with our current studio of 120, 130 sessions per week, that's Monday to Friday, excluding Saturday mornings. We are pretty much at our, at our max at this location. So in a perfect world, again, if we double in size, we want to be doing 50 PT sessions per day in the new facility outside of performance sessions, outside of virtual training and outside of our online programs. Um, scaling the in-person sessions a little bit more difficult than scaling something that's always say online. That platform has been huge for a lot of people in the past four years, just due to COVID-19 and um, some new e-commerce and, and business strategies. But um, that's, that's what our business is developed on. And that's where we want to keep it going because we find the most value is, is with that personality session. Yeah. And I think now that times have changed a little bit, you know, that group fitness is always going to be there for the people that want like the rah, rah, the community uh, and whatnot. And then there's always going to be the people that really want like specific, like I call it body sculpting or, or body tampering where they want like specific like real key results versus like just generalized weight loss and oh we tone up a little bit we gain a little bit of muscle like no like i want 10 pounds of muscle eight percent body fat you know whatever the case might be right yeah yeah we obviously have people that come in and have lofty goals of for example like i want to lose 20 pounds and i want to do it in two months well you hear some success stories that are about that but we're all about making sure you're exercising for the right reasons and not exercising to set yourself up for uh, failure. So we always say, if you're exercising, if you're eating well, the byproduct is you're going to see results, physical results. But we really preach the routine of exercise and adapting it into your lifestyle. So one, mentally, you're feeling good, you're feeling energized. And two, depending on what your specific goals are, we can fine tune uh, your dials or your exercise program to make sure um, you see those results. But we want to be realistic with timelines. We don't want to tell people, hey, come in for a month and we're going to absolutely change your life and lose 20 pounds. That wouldn't be uh, the ethical uh, solution or the ethical uh, answer for them. But we, uh, we definitely come from a, a holistic approach. And uh, um, yeah, we try to do our best to make sure people are set up for success. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's, I always say, you know, when I tell people when they're frustrated with the results, it's like, it took you X amount of time to get where you're at right now. It's going to take X amount of time to get where you want to be, right? It's not, you get, you gain hundred pounds in 12 months. It's going to take at least that to, to, to truly get down healthy to back, you know, where you want to be, if not more, um, or, or, you know, depending on the, the work that they put in and, you know, the nutrition and stuff like that. So, but it's, it's kind of like reverse engineering. Listen, it's okay if you're not there tomorrow, right? It's, it's, you know, you didn't gain a hundred pounds overnight, right? It's, it's kind of like breaking them back down and be like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I get it. Um, but I mean, it's good though, because they're, they're hungry. They want to lose the weight or they want to put the muscle on or whatever the case is. 
Yeah. And a lot of people come in hungry. It's always great. And you want to hone that motivation. Um, but a lot of people sometimes come in too hungry and we want to make sure they realize that this isn't going to be a sprint. We want to make this a bit more of a marathon. So the rest of your life, you can exercise and be healthy outside of maybe having a perfect body or losing a certain amount of weight. The, the benefits of exercise go way past that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to meet people and hear where they're coming from and hear their stories. But a lot of people come in with the same type of mindset or uh, same motivation of I'm motivated now. I want it now, as opposed to, okay, well, let's make sure we can go past just now. What's after that. Yeah. And it, it's like, you know, a lot of people do like these transformation challenges, it's like six weeks transform the beginning of your, of your year, year. And then it's like, okay, it's cool. But what are we going to do after the first six weeks, right? Like you, you geared your body up. Now it's not just time to shut back down and go drink seven bottles of wine or whatever the case is. Yeah. It's like, that's a stepping stone to the next 40, you know, three, uh, six weeks or two or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. Um, well with, you know, your six years so far and everything that's been going on, you know, like marketing wise, you know, have you guys ever done paid advertising or digital or, you know, like in any time in between that, or has it really just been true, like organic, like word of mouth growth and referrals? It's honestly been organic word of mouth. Um, the paid advertising we've done is, is Google ads. Um, okay. We've also done some on uh, Facebook, like the meta business suite there, which you can link it to your Instagram um we're not a big social media following business we don't post a lot of things it just goes with our brand of being private and people want to come at, on their time and not have to worry about being posted on the internet um some people don't mind us taking photos but it hasn't really been a focus point for us um which actually may be a weakness to be honest um i think a following is always great people get to hear your brand and hear what your thoughts are and um doesn't necessarily have to be pictures of clients but it could be knowledge that uh, you've gained over the years or wisdom or whatever it may be. Um, so it, it's something that we're considering moving forward, especially since we want to grow, we have to make sure we have um, all the tools in the right spot for that to happen. hundred percent. And oftentimes when I talk to gym owners and I ask that question, it's like either, yeah, they've done it. Maybe they didn't get a good return. Maybe they didn't put enough money into it. I don't know. Didn't ask all those specific questions on here. Um, or some people are like, yeah, like it's just part of the world that we live in now. A lot of people are just looking for, you know, what's the target? Like, oh, that looks pretty good. I think I want to try that. People want the, the next best thing. But I do think to, to blossom into a very groomed studio, digital marketing is kind of like the next step from organic word of mouth. Like you can tap into organic referrals, word of mouth for so long, but eventually you're going to you know, poke the garden a few more times than what, what's ready to be picked. Um, so yeah. And especially with you guys expanding, you know, it, what, what have you guys thought about when, you know, in your strategic planning that you have going on between now and then, as far as, you know, you're going to have space, probably more trainers, um, bigger facility, more clients can get fit in stuff like that. You know, what's kind of like the, the plan in place for that to happen. Yeah, all, all the above. I mean, uh, brand reputation is always something that's huge and recognition. So that's something we're working on now is obviously Google reviews, getting those up, um, maybe starting to get a following on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter is something we haven't activated, but obviously that's a big platform as well. 
Um, our big strategy moving forward is establishing us as the number one personal training studio in Ottawa. That's our five-year ambitious goal. Um, the reason why that's a goal for us is we want to be a training studio that people know exactly what they're getting, no matter when they come in or, or what their goals are. Um, they know that the educated trainers are there. They know that they get a private studio. They know it's really focused workouts. We just want to hone everything that we've kind of already established and just fine tune it from there. There's no big like, oh, that's like a new way of doing it or we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just trying to make things um, seamless on our end uh, to make sure there's no cracks. So going from someone who goes to our website to filling out our consultation form to getting a response from right now me uh, to getting them scheduled for their consults to the first five sessions. Um, how can we improve our service? How do we make it better? And right now we're going to do some rebranding for our logo. So if you've seen our logo, it's real personal training. We have four icons on top. Um, we're going to go with the angle of real health. And the reason why is we're going to put the emphasis on mental and physical uh, health with exercise as the tool for that. Um, because coming for I am, I, I'm connected with obviously a bit of the mental health organization and network here in, in Ottawa, but also in the world itself. I mean, the pandemic has affected our mental health big time and a lot of people haven't realized it yet um and then there's a lot of things a lot of initiatives starting with mental health that um i feel like exercise is such a good thing for that because of the benefits of it the endorphin release uh, serotonin dopamine etc for your brain um like a runner's high when people go running they experience that high and they feel great you get the exact same thing in exercise it's just a little different um so i i really do see exercise um, our mission is to actually incorporate exercise as a daily routine for people to live a mentally and physically healthy lifestyle. I love that. Mental health is so important nowadays, especially like you said, COVID, people were locked down, sheltered, told not to do this, not to do that, all these things. It's like, it's, you know, the mental affects the physical and vice versa. Like if you're not physical, then it's going to affect your mental because you're not getting the the dopamine the serotonin the the endorphins that you know your body gets when you exercise and you work the muscles yeah yeah it's 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 been interesting and you, you with us you see the transition of the consultations of meeting new people where before obviously the general goals of weight loss and um increase bone density for someone uh, maybe 40 plus female or male um maybe someone's just burnt out from work but Nowadays, we're seeing a lot of it as low energy. The burnout's been big that we've experienced from people. Weight gain has been a big thing, um, but also just everyone's more at command of work because they work from home, they go to the office, their computer's always there, they're always turned on. There's been no off switch for them. So a big thing that we've got for feedback is when they come in for, let's say, three sessions, 30 minutes a week, that's the release from, from family, from work, from anything else. It's their 30 minutes. They got to do what they want and uh, let all the emotions out and stress out. So that's been uh, a key thing for us to consider moving forward and that whole mental health, uh, mental health aspect. Yeah, it's, it's so important because e even when you try to give them results, it's like if they're mental, not in it, they're only going to work when they're with you. That's it. And that's only what a 2% of their day. Not exactly. even. So yeah. 
or yeah, maybe it's 3% a day. I don't know, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, the other thing with social media and stuff like that, it's like, you could still build a huge following, but only post things that pertain to, you know, how you train your clients and, or the people that don't care if they're being posted. Cause then it's only what they see, not what's, you know, always going on inside the studio. Yeah, yeah, social media for me is more been about not actually getting direct business. I mean, there, there's some some studios and some gyms, of course, like their their social media is fantastic and they get business from that. Um, I've never been a social media person myself for personal use, um, so obviously that ties into kind of what our our brand is as well. But I see the purpose of it for um, more of a platform so people can recognize you. But for us, we're not seeing it as a way to generate business. Maybe some potential leads to our website, but yeah. more or less just who we are, what we do, um, and yeah, just kind of share a story. That That's more or less what we see social media as for potentially the future. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so retention you said you're not a really high turnover studio currently. So, you know, what would you say on average, you know, how long are your clients sticking with you? Is it six months, eight months, a year, two years? Um, you know, some people are with you all six years, you know, what's, what's kind of been that, that look, look like for. Yeah. There's many different situations. Um, I've had people who have been with me. I've been in the training industry as a trainer now for 13 years. Uh, and I've, since I worked at this previous studio, that was um, eight to nine years ago. And I have people who are still with me that followed me from day one of my first job, uh, which would have been about eight and a half years ago. Um, most people, I would say on average, uh, we've been open for six years. People have still been here. Let's say two to three years. The reason why I'm giving a bit of a variance is... Um, the ultimate goal for us is that we get someone built up to want to do this on their own and they go and they do it on their own. So we've had obviously the opportunity for people to do that in the first six months. Um, people may drop down from three sessions to one and get a program from us to do on their own once they feel they're knowledgeable enough and, and understand how this works with the routine. Um, but for someone who either doesn't continue or suddenly stops sessions, it's been very rare. And usually it's due to they have to move for their job or financially something's happened. They can't afford it anymore. Um, and, and we're lucky that people are pretty honest and we ask why and how we can make it better. And it's the reviews are always, it's not you guys. It's on my end. I need to figure some things out. So <laughs> um, that's just the, the way it is. That's life. We understand that. But at the end of the day, if we can make a positive impact in a short amount of time, then we're, we're good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all about making the, the impact. So yeah. yeah. Um, so with the new facility, you know, or when the time is right and everything, you know, what's, what else is in the game plan? You know, obviously there's going to be more clients. There's going to be more trainers. Is there going to be different, you know, any other like included services or different styles of training that are going to be in this studio, obviously pertaining to still personal training, but you know, what's, what's that going to look like once it's there? Great question. Um, I always like to think of what the future holds. I mean, there's so many things going on with the, the meta space and whatnot, but uh, 
I, I see the visualization of our business in the next 10 years of being um, probably a standalone studio, unless we decide there's a demand for a second location in the Ottawa area of making sure that we reach the goal of 50 PT sessions per day. In a perfect world, we would have two studios that are for the 30 minute sessions and one studio that's for 60 minute sessions, which we call our performance sessions for athletes. And ideally we'd have a separate room uh, set up with good audio, good uh, lighting and uh, a screen, probably like a TV screen that would be for the virtual training. Um, Cause the on-screen presence is huge. And obviously with good lighting and good audio, that's something that goes a long way in any video or, or audio efforts you put together. Um, we really wanna see the virtual side of it go. We wanna see virtual training become actually a full-time position for someone or two trainers. Um, that could be in studio or it could be remote. Um, and then the online programs as well. Um, so we, we have an idea, we have to explore and research a bit more of also offering a bit of a consultation or consulting side of things to our business where people can come to us and be like, how do I fit exercise in? This is my schedule. This is what I have available to me. And that would just be a one-off service that we say, this is what you should do. This is a program you could potentially follow if you want to do an online program or you want to get into virtual sessions, we can help you out, but um, use us as a resource um, for a minimal cost. And we'll try to make sure that you can live a better lifestyle because we know exercise can have such a good impact in many different ways. Um, to go on that note, we're also thinking of uh, developing an app, which a lot of businesses do. Um, there's a lot of apps out there for, for gym owners, for um, tracking metrics, to automations, to uh, exercise program layouts and formats, but we just want to have one that's personalized to our business. Um, something that every month, whenever someone's finished a program, they switch programs or just as a monthly check-in, they automatically get a report from us saying, Hey, like, this is where you're doing good. This is where you're kind of stuck. And this is where we're struggling. Um, it keeps the trainers honest, keeps the clients honest. Um, again, just avoids any cracks and instead of them just relying on our verbal cue of, Hey, you're doing great, which is a pretty vague term to tell someone whenever they're doing an exercise program. <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. Keep it up. <laughs> Elaborate. But if they actually get the stats and they get the metrics from their program, um, it just keeps a lot of things honest. Um, and I think moving forward, that's a nice little value proposition to add to the business of a, you get sessions, but you also get to see and get to log into this thing to see how you're doing. So you're not just thinking we're telling you you're doing good when really you're plateaued or you're struggling. 100%. And it's always like you, you can't track what you don't know. Exactly. And so people say, yeah, I'm doing good. You know, up a couple pounds this week, up a couple pounds that week. Okay, cool. Like, is it two pounds? Is it three pounds? Is it, you know, what is it, 15? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and with that too, uh, the whole personalization personalization is we want to know our clients. We want to know what their story is. We want to know if they went to the cottage on the weekend with their family or they went out for supper last night with friends from South Carolina or you know what I mean? Uh, some, something that is just that pops up whenever they come in for their session. So it's a conversation piece as well. And again, just keeps it personalized. Some trainers are really good at remembering things or stats like that or more the, the social side of the job. But if we're able to keep it all in one spot, then everyone could be on the same page. Yeah. 
absolutely. Uh, cool. Well, it's been great so far. I got a couple last things for you here before we hop off. Uh, sure. First thing is, I always like to ask this, you know, everybody's got different answers. In your six years, you know, you started, you've had your experiences that led up to it. You know, for you, what words of advice would you give somebody that is looking to open up their own fitness business, whether it's personal training, group fitness, kickboxing, doesn't matter. What words of advice would you give them? Make it work for what you want to do. And what I mean by that is when I went into the training, uh, I love the training. It's my bread and butter. It's the time of the day where I have the most fun. Um, don't get me wrong. Having the own business is fun in a lot of guards, but there's a lot of stress and sitting at a computer has always been a tough thing for me. Um, so I come from a family that is not business. Um, I think I'm actually the first one in my family to start a business from scratch. So when I went to it, I went into it as the personal trainer. Um, and now as we're growing and uh, evolving and trying to do all these different things, it's you spend a lot more time not doing the training part of the business. Uh, as a lot of people know, you're behind the scenes and you're doing things that people don't see to make sure all ends are meeting. So if you have a vision of uh, being a trainer and running your own thing, great, do it. Um, just be ready to roll up your sleeves. But if you have a vision of something bigger, make sure you plan for a bigger business. Um, and that's what I'm learning right now as we grow and as we do get a little bit bigger. Um, there's a lot of things that needs focus. So just know what your role is, know where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, uh, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. Um, even I always say this line too, it's like even, even the, the most successful Olympic athletes or high school athletes or college athletes, they all have coaches. They all have somebody that's giving them information, you know, whether they paid for that knowledge or they just, you know, got it as a mentor. It's like, they're still getting information somewhere to, to make them better. So. Yeah. There's, there's so much knowledge and from training, from business to marketing. There's, there's no way you could be a pro at everything. Um, but whatever you're good at, make sure you stay good at it. And then things you're not good at, well, there's resources and there's help out there. So don't be shy to reach out and don't be shy that maybe you don't know something. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, cool. Ty. Last thing here, you know, go ahead and give a shout out to your facility. How can members read or members, how can listeners reach your facility, whether it's a website, a Facebook and Instagram yeah, best way is our, our website, www.realpt.ca. Um, all the information, my story's on there, um, my number, my email's on there. So if anyone has any questions or would like just to collaborate or spin some ideas together, I'm more than happy to talk to like-minded individuals and help each other out. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Appreciate that, Tyler. Well, for everybody out there listening, that's been a show. That's Tyler's story and everything that he's doing and what he's getting ready to expand into. Um, if you're all about personalized attention and want the best results with the most individualized attention, it's probably the place for you. And then most importantly, if anybody out there listening would like to hop on our show, feel free to reach uh, or click on link below and we'll reach out. We'll get you on and we'll talk all about the perspective of the fitness industry through your eyes. Um, and so then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Mr. Anthony Thornton of the Key Fitness Center, coming to you from Rock Spring, Georgia. Anthony, what's going on, man? How are you today? Oh, it's Thursday morning. Beautiful. Got my coffee. Let's go. We got this. What better way to start a day? than to talk about the gym business. Now, obviously our conversation is is gonna gear around the key and, and your perspective and lessons learned and whatnot, uh, but I'm a big believer in context. And so for people listening who aren't familiar with the business or with you, give us a little bit of a, a background on this. When you describe the key and what this business is, what do you tell people? Uh, the key is a, a very fam family friendly oriented gym. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of everything. So it isn't just like a CrossFit gym or it isn't just like a class gym or a free weight gym. It's, it's kind of a diversified mix of all of it. Uh, so we try to, you know, more, uh, hands in each basket that we can get into the better. So, uh, it's just a very, very small gym, but it's very diversified. Yeah. Now, as I got to find out before we started the recording here, you are not the original owner, but came into the picture somewhere along the way. Take us back to when the idea was kind of formulating in your head. I think I'm going to buy a gym. What was going on and, and what made you pull the trigger on this? So uh, long story short, uh, we moved up here to Rock Spring, Georgia back in 2019. And my wife actually uh, started going to the key. Um, I thought it was just a, a class gym, you know, kind of like, uh, some of the other class gyms out there for females, you know, I thought it was just, you know, only class gym and I had a current membership to, uh, another chain gym. And, uh, for a while there, she was telling me, you gotta come, you gotta try it. You'll love it. You'll love it. But finally, after some convincing, I was like, all right, fine. You know, I'll come, I'll try it out for a day just to, you know, make her happy, you know, happy wife, yeah. happy wife. Well, she was right. right. <laughs> she was, she was right. She was 100 walked in. <laughs> And I took the tour and I, and I looked around. I'm like, okay, they got free weights. That's cool. And then I checked out the classroom and they had kettlebells and heavy ropes and all that stuff, TRX ropes, all that. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's cool. Saw the pin weight machines. I'm like, okay, all right, this is good. And then all the cardio equipment and the cycle studio and the rowers. All, and I was like, okay, that's great. That's cool. I can make this work, you know, because at the current gym, they didn't have a lot of uh, free weight stuff, you know, like benches and, and things mm -hmm. like that. They had dumbbells and stuff, but they were very limited. So I was like, well, you know, and, and for growth potential for me, you know, I like to go big and, you know, and all that stuff. So I'm like, well, let's, let's give this a shot. So 
2019 all the way until I bought it in 2020 was a member. And uh, that was the main reason why I bought it because I loved it. It was great. It was awesome. Yep. And so you client before owner, which provides a unique perspective on all of these type things. Talk to us a little bit about the the experience of taking over an existing gym. What were some of the pros and what were some of the cons that you learned along the way? So some of the, let's see, I think it's easier to go over the cons. So there's, there was lots of things once, once you take over a gym or, uh, you know, cause if you're starting your own gym, you get to make the rules. You set the, the precedent of what's going down. You know, you're the original starter. You don't have to clean anything up or change any rules or change anything. So, but with buying an existing gym, uh, some of the pros are you already got the clientele. Uh, a lot of times with that gym, especially if it's been there for a while, it's been established. So people know you're there. Uh, some of the cons is uh, when you keep like current staff and, and kind of the reasons why the, you know, the current staff and, and the gym maybe wasn't doing so hot once you start having the financials like I did yep. is uh, bad management decisions. Uh, so uh, we, we had to make some serious changes. I mean, the gym was in the red every month when I took it over, but I knew that, you know, cause I looked at the financials, I checked it out, but it wasn't like terrible. And uh, with the sales background, which I mean, I don't think you really necessarily have to have to own a gym, uh, as long as I think you have like a great personality or good with people and just a good people person, you could probably kill it with any gym. You could probably do amazing. Uh, so that we just got rid of all the old management, all the old trainers, everything started fresh, got rid of some programs that just weren't working for the gym. Like for instance, in, in our area, because it's a small area, it's not a huge place, Rock Spring, Georgia, maybe at 7,000 total residents in the whole entire city. So, you know, we got rid of some programs that just weren't doing well, uh, some classes that weren't doing well, that we were paying trainers for. So we got rid of the childcare. I mean, we didn't maybe have two or three kids in there and, you know, once a week. And I have somebody in there every day that I'm paying to just sit there and do nothing. So we kind of put a, a, an ax to that. Um, some of the classes that we still have the child care room. So if the people want to bring their kids and give them an iPad or a phone, which is great for the technology agents day. I love that. You know, we got cable TV, they can watch cartoons, whatever, you know, and you know, so they're good. They can just go there, a big old window. They can look through, watch their kid, make sure the kid's okay. So we still have the child care room. It's just, it's not, uh, it's not supervised. Uh, some of the classes we did away with just, you know, if they don't have so many people uh, that are attending and we watch it for a good quarter. So we make sure, you know, this isn't like, you know, a few weeks. Oh, well, we're getting rid of the class. You only got two or three people. Like, listen, we know there's ebbs and flows to every class. So, you know, we give it at least a good quarter and then we go, you know, mm -hmm. look, classes ain't doing good. We're just going to give it at the ax for now. So we got rid of some classes. Because it was, it was for the amount of, because we have plus members and then we have regular members. The regular members have the 24-7 access. The plus members are able to have the 24-7 access with classes. Uh -huh. The amount of plus members that we had, it didn't make sense to have as many classes as they did. I mean, they had probably 20 plus classes, but I mean, we only had 60 plus members. So we had all these classes and it was just the same people that were taking the classes or just maybe one or two taking the classes at all. So, I mean, we cut it down to about half that before uh, the pandemic. Uh, and then we got rid of them altogether, you know, because nobody wanted to be in a class with COVID yeah. and no, not really knowing what's going on. But I mean, we did away with yeah. half of it to save the money. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the driving decisions 
at the time of takeover, at least, were based in ROI, right? We were spending more than it was worth on the return side of things. Right. So we had to we had to clean up, for lack of a better term, a lot of messes by yes. the previous regime. Correct. After the pandemic, I would assume that even membership took a hit. It did. But have you guys reintroduced those group classes to date? Yes. And and uh, we're doing really well. Like we started, uh, we we brought back silver sneakers last because that's our elderly. Be very careful with those guys. I mean, they're more susceptible. They got underlying health conditions a lot of times. So that was the last of the classes we brought back. But we first brought back like our cycle class. We just did one, make sure everybody was comfortable. We actually took a few bikes out, you know, to make more room. So we're, we're a little more scattered out. And same thing with the classes. We started off, you know, typically we could fit like 15 to 20 in the classroom, but we were only taking like eight at the time until we started coming down with COVID and, and the vaccines yeah. came out and everybody's feeling a little more comfortable. Now we're wide open again. Uh, we've actually gotten a, a couple more trainers on now that uh, because now personal training's making a huge comeback at our gym and uh, yeah. classes are doing really, really well. Attendance is high uh moral is high i mean constantly getting great compliments about how, how how the trainers are doing and how well the classes are done and so everything's looking yep. great with the with the classes good okay so we'll get into kind of the the upsell conversation here in a little bit but i want to to pick your brain obviously as someone with a background in sales you know of the importance of marketing and especially taking over an existing business where membership has taken a hit in post-pandemic where membership took a further hit. What did you guys do to begin the process of rebuilding that membership? What was driving a lot of the leads into the building in the first place? So with that gym, when I took it over, there was zero member retention being done. There was none. There was absolutely none. Um, a lot of the members, once they were out of contract, you know, would expire, you know, so they were just done. They were just done. And then there was zero calling them, texting them, nothing. There was, there was zero member retention. So a very, very important thing is member retention, reaching back out to them. Hey, you know, what can we do to get you back? You know, uh, we'll give you a couple free, you know, uh, personal training consults, you know, get you, get you on the right track, you know, just reaching back out to those members that lost their way for whatever reason. So that's one. Two uh, was before I bought it, the social media presence was was very slim to none. Um, Jim itself maybe had, I think, 11, 1200 Facebook followers, likes on the on the page. And now I'm over to, you know, 2050 page likes. So, I mean, it's just getting out there, uh, requesting people that are in the in your area to come and like your page, check it out, consistently post content on there, you know, showing the classes, how packed they are, kind of like spiel of the classes, show a little bit of the exercises that they do, things like that. And then uh, social media advertising, huge, 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 huge. Uh, we started off with very little because, I mean, our budget wasn't huge. And, and now we're pouring a pretty good money into social media advertising because we're seeing the return on that investment big time. Yep. And so member retention, social media advertising are the two biggest. Yeah, sort of three-step process here, reactivating a lot of old accounts Correct. who may have just left without any kind of prompt to stick around. Correct. Easy, easy fish. Got it. We built the organic presence, 
on social media, putting out good content so that people actually care to pay attention to it. Correct. And then paired that with an uh, at the onset small and growing budget over time to expand that reach. I want to pick your brain on the advertising side of things because it's sort of a, a hot button topic in our yes. industry. Is that something, first and foremost, is that something that you guys do in-house? Is this outsourced with an agency? Tell me about that. Uh, we do it in-house. Uh, my wife, believe it or not, she's really good at making like ads and stuff. She's very, very, very good. She, it could have been like her previous past lives, what she did. I mean, she's amazing at doing ads. So we do that. And then uh, we run them on Facebook, Instagram, uh, those pay those places. And, uh, you know, we, we do very, very well. We get lots of... Uh, clicks and interest and messages and everything so that's and, and again it's one of those things too it's like if you're only going to spend like 20 bucks doing that a month or something like that you're not you're not going to get very much drive or traffic to to really see a difference i mean it'll get out there but just not as well but i mean once you start getting like to a hundred couple hundred three hundred you really start to see the, the difference you really start to see a lot more traffic and, and stuff come your way a ton more yeah. a ton more run us through some some high level numbers here what's a rough estimate for leads that you guys could expect in a month um leads uh anywhere from 15 to 25 a month like good leads like we're not talking you know just junk uh spammy yeah. leads. like i would say a solid good 15 to 25 uh, every month from that how many of those so couple kind of multi-step process at least in this model Mm -hmm. How many of those schedule appointments to come I 80, in? I would say 85% of them come in and, and sign up altogether. I would say a good 85, 80% of them come in and sign up and actually join the gym. Okay. So the leads that we are qualifying as good leads, we're closing at a pretty decent clip. What happens to the rest of those leads? Uh, they they are followed up because usually they'll either try the gym for free, you know, and in which we get like the information, we get their phone number and email, which I enter into our system, which I can send uh, advertising emails or text them with different, you know, promos and specials and things that we got going on. So we do follow up saying, hey, what'd you think of the visit? Uh, how about a free, you know, personal trainer consult, you know, um, or anything that you didn't like about the visit? Because we love feedback, you know, anything that, and that's very crucial, you know, any feedback that uh, your members give you, really take it to heart. I know sometimes you're like, nah, whatever, you know, like yeah. really kind of listen because sometimes they do have a legit, legit reason. So, yeah. And everybody has blind spots. So, agreed. Well, agreed. Nonetheless. Now, the and leads that do right come away. in. The leads that do come in, Anthony, walk me through the the step-by-step -step process of how we transition from interested lead to now paying client. What are some of the checkpoints along the way once they're in the building? In the building, it's definitely, you know, acknowledge the person when they come in. I mean, that's foremost so important, you know, to acknowledge that they're here. Hey, how are you? Nice, friendly, super friendly introduction. Also, you want to take them around the gym and show them around. Don't just sit up at the front desk and, you know, just talk to them about the gym. Take them around, show them the equipment, show them free weight area, show them uh, the, the classroom area, show them the pin weights, show them the cardio equipment. You know, uh, our bathrooms are, are pretty big for the size of our facility. Like I would say they're 
too too big for each of the two bathrooms because they got three showers in each and all that yeah it's huge i mean it's overkill it's severely overkill so when we remodel it's going to be significantly different but show them the bathrooms that you know the bathrooms are kept clean you know and that's an important thing too is cleanliness like believe it or not if they you ever talk to anybody about the key they're going to say it's probably the cleanest gym around here that is that is so really important because a lot of gyms they don't keep it clean or they'll let it go to you know disarray and and weights all over the place and all that i mean our, our gym is spotless it's usually spotless and that's super important and then just also tell them you know the free console with the the personal trainer that's that's also it's like a uh, great thing to have because number one it gets them to talk to the trainer which could convert into personal training so and plus it kind of gets the member on the right foot on how to start off where to go kind of you know a little bit about diet a little bit about all yeah. that so kind of gives them like a good step forward on on how to start because a lot of people when they come in especially if they've never been to a gym before i mean there's they have no idea what they're doing they, they have no clue where to even start so that, that's a great way to kind of get them in the right direction and possibly even buy some personal training to add revenue to your gym that's that's the real reason of course we want the members to have a great experience but in your model a well-developed pt department can be just as lucrative as eft membership in general better sometimes even better potentially and in, in the, the metric, at least in our industry, that's measured is in penetration. How many people are in PT versus how many total members we have. Is that something that you guys measure or have your eye on? Uh, well, with the trainers that we got, they're fairly new. So uh, the one gentleman that we have, I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's been in the business for 15 years. Uh, he's been in this area uh, his, his entire life. So, I mean, he, he has a good foothold uh, and he's slowly starting to bring, you know, personal training clients uh, to, to our place. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely picked up significantly and it's bigger than it's ever been at the gym. So uh, it's, yep. it's definitely something that's super lucrative, super yep. lucrative. Let me ask you this then with where the gym is currently, as you guys move forward, here we are in 2023, fingers crossed, no more pandemics coming down the pipeline. <laughs> is your primary focus on growing membership further? Is your primary focus on building out some of these add-on services? Is it something that we haven't even talked about yet? Where are you thinking as Definitely, things go forward? I mean, you fit on all three things, like uh, definitely growing members. I mean, size of the gym, I could easily sustain double, if not triple the amount of members. So it's going to be a grind until I get to at least double or triple the amount of members that I currently have. So that definitely want to grow more members. And with that, it's just going to be social media presence going out, you know, because I've, I've even done some uh, physical marketing, going to businesses, offering business memberships, things like that, at a little bit of a discounted rate and such. So uh, just constantly grind on that, you know, with the advertising, uh, people coming in, uh, reaching out again to old members, the retention, all that. So all that together, hopefully keep growing it at the rate that we're going. Yeah. Uh, the add-ons, that that's great too. You know, it's the more class members we have, because the class members do play, pay more than our regular standard members, you know, the better, you know, that's going to drive our revenue up too. And as word is getting out that our classes are returning and they're, they're quality class, people are definitely interested in trying out more. I mean, we're probably having two to three class members wanting to try a week stuff so it's just reaching back out to them you know hey you know let's go let's get let's get it going you know and take another one if you if you weren't sure 
So that's been going great. And, and then just different things that members see, you know, because a lot of gyms, they charge the annual fee, the dreaded annual fee. Well, what we do is we always try to show that it's going back into the gym, which it does, you know, so we'll get new bands, we'll replace pads, we'll get in new equipment. Like, you know, one of the things that everyone kept asking for was a stair climber. The gym never had a stair climber. So we bought a stair climber. Uh, also, the, a lot of the ladies, they love that uh, adductor, abductor machine and, you know, oh, you better get one of them in. Oh, my gosh, if you're going to buy stuff, you better buy one of them. Got, got an adductor, adductor machine coming, you know. So it's just listening to the members and then getting the right type of stuff to show them, you know, your appreciation to them and that you're listening. So it's just the add-ons of that part of it, too. And then, you know, we plan on we've already kind of like did a little bit of remodeling, like put a paint on it, made it look completely different because the color scheme was just awful with that you know when we took it over it did like when you think of the key fitness center like they had the key west vibe to it oh it was awful and we're up in rock spring georgia you know like if we're in the keys or maybe in florida uh, okay behind rock spring georgia so we just threw some paint on it kind of change up the environment the background and then we do have plans to remodel the bathrooms maybe put in a spa and uh maybe uh any bed, something like that. So, I mean, we're, we're going to change some stuff up and it's, it's, I want to be the North Georgia premier health club in this area. I want yeah. by far. So, so big, big plans. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm glad yeah. we, we caught you at this moment in time so we can see the, the before and after down the road. Anthony, we're running a bit shy on time here, but I want to save a minute for you to be able to tell people where they can learn more about the key What's the best website? What are the social media links? How can people connect with you guys? Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook at The Key Fitness Center. And uh, you'll see it'll say The Key on it. Uh, it's, you can click on there. Got tons of information on there. Lots and lots of pictures. So you can kind of see the gym, the facility, uh, what we have to offer there. And uh, I believe our class schedule is on there as well. Or you can go to our website, which is uh, www.thekeyfitnesscenter.com and again i have prices everything on there so and you can message us you can call us uh we're available to you love to have it forward and simple enough anthony this has been awesome man I, I genuinely appreciate the perspective of what we're thinking about when it comes to taking over a gym and building for growth from there I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like we have some some big plans and, and cards up your sleeve. So like I said, we're out of time, but I wish you nothing but the best moving forward, man. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.